G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. With the AFL Fantasy Podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars, we only talk about the lesser knowns and those that are going to bring value to your Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm joined by Kays. How are you going, mate? Good morning, Hef. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, just had a few technical issues getting the stream up. Uh, thanks to the lovely people at Telstra for making my internet drop out. Oh, right actually, on 9am. I learned some new swear words this morning, thanks to her. <laughs> Jeez, I've never seen a man more under pressure when the internet dropped out. I thought it was actually pretty cool, calm and collected. That probably says more about me, though, than it does about Ooh, the uh, words you've cool, calm and collected. I'm not sure what uh, angry is. <laughs> All right, we're at least up, so uh, that's the uh, that's the reason. So, just first of all, I guess um, apologies for the early start. Um, we just thought we'd smash it out because we both had today off. So, um, we thought we'd get it done earlier in the day and keep everyone in our families happy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we'll... Uh, We'll get stuck in, but first, Kay's, um, is it too early to crack a uh, remedy kombucha? Uh, look, it might be a, a sipper for today, but, uh, you know, I've had one coffee this morning, so uh, a cola isn't a bad way to uh, kick off the morning. Well, I'm a kombucha. 9.07 a.m. I'm a kombucha-holic, so, um, you know, I'm so, drinking them for breakfast, lunch, and tea. Exactly. Drinking them in the middle of the night. Can't live without them. So. You can't be hungover on kombucha if you don't stop drinking them. That's Hef's motto. Correct. So, no, make sure you get it in here. Uh, we're on the colas today. Mm. Hef's favourite. It's a good cola. Yeah, it is a good brand. Good uh, good label anyway. All right. Um, yeah, so I guess we, um, we'll start with um, just a few things that have been going on uh, during the week. So, I think there might, there might have been a bit of confusion. I think some people thought the guest was on this week, but they're actually on next week. We just recorded it super early because it's the only time we could get them. Yep. So, um. We've been putting out some cryptic clues and uh, yeah, no one's really, no one's even guessed it yet in the comments. So, no one's even gotten close to it in the comments. Pretty cryptic. If I didn't know the answer, I'd probably (laughs) be scratching my head. But that's the point though. I wanted to drag it out over two weeks. So, I didn't want people to be able to like get it straight away. Um, Wanted to make sure it uh, was cryptic and it was, um, yeah, we we, we could wait for later to reveal it. I will actually start putting out some clips from it later in the week though. So, you might get a bit more. Try to pick something that isn't so, gives it away too easily. Mm. So, you have to think still as well. But the clues we've had so far are Mount. Mountain, Parade, and European. So, we'll have another one um, coming out Wednesday, another one Friday, and then I'll probably put out some clips early next week before it actually nice. airs to uh, give you give it away or, you know, try to give people some more clues as to who it is. So, yeah. Anyways, Kays, let's uh, explain the pod for today. Well, yes, if you haven't been listening to the first couple, um, we're going to go over three clubs today. Today is Geelong, Gold Coast, and Greater Western Sydney. Um, so basically, we're running through some of the keeper league relevant players from those sides. Uh, we're not touching any, any of the rookies once again. Um, that's all in our um, podcast we did a while ago with uh, touching on all the rookies that got drafted last year. Uh, we're talking about the established players who have been there for two plus years. So um, also keen to note that uh, if we do talk about where to draft them, we are talking about that in an established keeper league, not a startup keeper league or a general draft league. Um, it's all about as if we've been playing for, you know, Two, three, five, ten years. Yep. And we don't talk about the rookies, the draftees as well, because we have done so much stuff around draft time for our members um, at that point. So um, they're probably sick of hearing about the draftees. I've heard that much about them. So if you want to get information on the rookies, the draftees, uh, sign up as a member and uh, grab all the information. That includes all their fantasy scores from all their junior careers as well. You're looking confused, Case. What's up? Uh, No, I'm just looking at the the show doc. Um, There's something that's. (laughs) 
Very much missing on a big day like today. Uh, yeah, I guess b- well, before we begin, I just want to acknowledge that uh, the land we're recording on today is the uh, land of the Ghana people. Um, that's our local country. And uh, we acknowledge the relationship of the uh, the Ghana people and the respect. Uh, we respect their values and uh, connection to the land, past, future, and uh, present, current day. So we thought we'd add that in before we start. Um, we acknowledge that it uh, can be a difficult day for some as well. So we thought we'd chuck that in there. I'd also like to acknowledge that today is Jack Bo's birthday. Well, happy birthday, Jack Bowes. Happy birthday, Jack. Very important day, The I guess, co-driver yeah. of the bus. So, you know. <laughs> I thought Ben Keyes. Oh, okay. So he's in the front the, seat. Yeah, yeah. So then Jack's next to him. All right. I'm down the back with all the lads. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. having beers. Yes. Classic coach. Want to be one of the young lads. Correct. All right. Anyway, let's get stuck into it. We'll talk about Geelong first. All right, Kays, you've got a best 22 for us, I believe. Sure do, Hef. So we're going to kick off in the back line for Geelong, uh, starting with Jack Henry, Lockie Henderson, Jake Collajasny, and Tom Stewart, Mark Blitzars, and Mark O'Connor in the half back line. Through the wings, uh, Isaac Smith, Cam Guthrie, and Brandon Parfitt. Half forward line of Luke Dalhouse, Jeremy Cameron, and Sean Higgins. Then our forward line of Grime Myers, Tom Hawkins, and Gary Rowan. With Reese Stanley in the ruck, Paddy Dangerfield and Mitch Duncan on the ball. Uh, interchange of Joel Selwood, Sam Minigola, Asava Radagalia, and Jordan Clark. And uh, my emergencies are Jed Buse, Sam Simpson, Quinton Narkle, and Zach Tui. Zach Tui at the very bottom of your list. Yeah, just scapes in best 26. I think that's a big omission. I think it's one of the glaring omissions there, really, especially mm. for a flag that's pushed. Oh, sorry, a team that's pushing for a flag. Yeah, I see him in that best twenty-two. I think a lot about listening to as well. Which role does he play in that side? Halfback role, mm. maybe in Mark O'Connor, or even comes in for Jordan Clark, I guess. Or even you've got to start a radical ear in there as well. That's kind of interesting as well, considering they're playing Cameron and Hawkins. I know you think they needed more height, but mm. I was thinking if they did want to go that route, that route, they might go with like a young key defender. I think Sam DeConning's one of them. I think they got another one. They don't have on many. That that's the issue. They've got no height. So apart from Henderson and potentially Blitzhalves, yeah. you know, Henry, Collajasny, O'Connor, they're all around that one. 90 they're not really really key position players and who's going to second ruck when Stanley's not there you, I think Radigalia almost has to play just purely because there's no one else to slot in there well the other the other thing is as well like Blitzars you got him in defence I guess as well so that's why I was kind of bringing up maybe maybe it's time to blood one of those young key defenders because if you maybe. watched Geelong closely last year like Blitzars didn't play in defence a mm. lot and that's why they um, persisted with um, Harry Taylor for so long is because they just could not get rid of him because well, they needed him in that defence as a and pillar and now he's gone but so yeah, yeah I know but, but that's what I mean like they mm. need they, they just if they wanted to they could have turfed him and played Blitzarf back last year yeah but that's not how they structure up yeah it's just so, going to be interesting to see how they do line up and look I think with uh, the 2E1 you know you could stop him for Geordie Clark but I think it's Jordan Clark time I'm, I'm thinking that they've got to he was going to leave in the pre-season or the post-season last year. That was well, all that the was rumors. Talks it, but, you yeah. know, like you got to play him at some stage. Otherwise, you know, Zach Tui, yeah, he's a good servant. And, you know, Geelong always seemed to have a couple injuries. So, he'll probably be playing. Was there was that comfortable in your best 26? <laughs> <laughs> God, good joke. <laughs> oh, that sucks because he's such a uh, a good fantasy player when he gets a Once game. Once again, so. he should have left when he had the chance. Uh, we might kick off with uh, Charlie Constable anyway. So, um, look, he only had a two games last season. He averaged 62, which is a BCV of 77.5 um, from those two games that's what he what he scored I guess um, his best score of the year was 68 which is an 85 BCV that was against Fremantle had 58 the following week versus uh, West Coast and then he was dropped 
We all remember he had a huge 2019. Um, his debut season, he averaged 83.4, which is huge for a first-year player. Mm-hmm. Um, look, only went under 80 once, oh, sorry, twice in the seven games he played in 2019 as well. So it'll be interesting just if anything has changed this year. Um, there's questions over his um, aerobic capacity, which has always been the knock on him, and he just doesn't have the tank to compete at May uh, for level. With all the gun midfielders they have as well, and then the two new faces they brought in, which can also run, well, at least on wings. Well, Smith will probably run on a wing, and Higgins could definitely go through the guts. Um, I don't know how he gets ahead of any of those players. Mm-hmm. I just can't see him getting a game this year, Kay, as I'm with you. Um, if you have him and can stash him, he's probably worth it because if he does request a trade or Geelong are getting to that tipping point where they're kind of having a crack this year and they should fall off a cliff soon. So they saying that for year. 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, look, I think if he goes another season without playing, there's a fair chance he'll request a trade. So hold him if you can, but it would want to be a deep league. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a shame. Um, you know, there's a few of those guys around the, the place um, at different clubs who just aren't getting a game, you know, whether it's a... Uh, an issue with the coach or, you know, they've got a bit of a deficiency in their game um, that you can see that there's some quality, especially fantasy-wise, they're just not getting that sniff. You know, looking through that team, it's bloody hard to see who he's going to nudge out. And, you know, Sam Simpson had such a good year last year. Narc was a very good player. They're not even in that best 22 there and going to throw Tui or someone else in the mix. It's just he seems to be well done, the the um, order there. So, yeah, tough one if you own him. I, don't, I just don't know what to do. I, there's, there is light at the end of the tunnel if he can get that game and he's going to be good, but... Do you really want to hold him for a whole season and potentially not not see much? It's going to be – it's a tough one. Definitely. Uh, I'm going to talk about Mark Blitzarves, the uh, centre-half back now for Geelong, according to me. But uh, And realistically, he's probably one of the more boring players we'll talk about, um, you know, through these pods. But he's one of these guys that we do bang on about on the pod a lot, just guys who are very, very good safe options, um, especially if you're flag hunting. So uh, Blitz bounced back to a 75 average last year. And as a defender, that's uh, more than handy. You know that for sure. He actually had three BCV tons last year and uh, – after a couple quiet years, looks to be on the return to some kind of um, fantasy relevance. I think a couple positives which uh, help his outlook for some continued good scoring in 2021 is we saw him take uh, a few more hitouts last year. So his hitouts were up five per game um, on the last few years. So, um, you know, I did say that Radigalia might be in there, but um, Blitzar is another one who they could pinch hit in the ruck, especially around the ground. Um, but also he's super fit. He used to be an Olympic athlete or, or something like that. So he's going to be super fit. Less interchanges. We'll get the opportunity to stay out on the ground longer. Um, more time on the ground means probably more chance to, to score more points. I suppose that negative is, which we touched on before, no Harry Taylor. So I'm just a bit confused at who, um, you know, Geelong will be playing at centre-half back or that taller taller back to, to go alongside Lockie Henderson. Um, it might mean that Blitzars has to play that role and play a bit more in lockdown. So, um, look, I think... End of day, he's great cover. He's 29 years old. He's not going to be a, a game changer for you, but um, you'll get him mid to late in the draft and just a serviceable bloke who you can have there as a, you know, D4, 5 or just a, on your bench. I think he's, um, you know, pretty serviceable um, week in, week out. Yeah, just thinking out a bit more as you were chatting there, Case, um, bringing in blokes like Smith and Higgins does kind of free up him a bit more as well like he won't have to spend as much time on a wing or anything like that mm-hmm. so yeah it, it's it's potential but the pinch hitting in the ruck is also a, a big factor there so it depends who they go with there they could play three tools with the Sava radically in there as well who knows um, it'd be interesting to see the makeup one thing I am certain of is they're going to be super competitive this mm. year oh, yeah. and we'll be having a crack big at time. that flag towards the end of the year big time um, Sam Simpson uh, there was a lot of hype about him last season he started 2020 off with a bang scoring 102 in his first game of the year 
Um, he was playing in the midfield then, though, as a result of like a heap of midfield injuries. I think a few even got injured in that game from memory. Um, but he didn't manage to score higher than 66 after that. And after that, it was a, it was a big drop-off. Um, he played forward for the rest of the year, basically, when all those midfielders came back. And he finished with an average of 57.3, which is a 71.6 BCV. Um, 2020 was his fourth year in the system. 2017, he played five games for an average of 39.4. 2018, he played just the one game and scored 31. So people will remember him for just what he did in his first game of 2020, I reckon. So I can't see him scoring like that consistently, especially because I just don't see him getting a run in that midfield. I think if he plays, he's as that kind of small forward uh, or that general forward up there. So um, yeah, I'm not huge on Sam Simpson, but you know, if you have a if you have a forward that can average 70, which is probably in his realm, um, it's probably not the worst option as cover or your last forward. The issue is, does he play? I just would rather go with someone who's got a bit more job security. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, similar thoughts. I think, you know, he's he obviously he can he can get big scores. He proved that in that that first game he played, but um obviously the role changes and and the cats want those prime movers running through that midfield, whether it's, you know, Dangerfield, Duncan, Selwood, you know, so someone like Simpson probably not gonna get a lot of cracks at it. He's that weird tallish hybrid size as well. Like he's not really a um he's not really a super speedy um, small midfielder he's that uh, rangy kind of looking dude so um, you know he's probably going to fight someone like Constable for a game if, if they're around the mark but you know where they fit into that side it's going to be interesting but um, yeah one I'm not necessarily going to be targeting in a draft you know sure if he slips late he might be a good pickup but yeah. um, not someone I'm going to target early in my draft yeah same boat case alright let's move on right on to someone who I'm very very excited about it is Jordan Clark um, genuinely one of the crimes of 2020 could turn out to be the bargain pickup for coaches in 2021 honestly can't believe the Cats didn't give Clark much of a go last year uh, only got three games in 2020 after his 18 games back in 2019 look yeah there were rumours about um, potential fitness issues and, um, you know, body not being in the right shape for AFL level. But come on, man, the kid is an absolute star. I think last year in the, the grand final, the cat's pace was exposed. Um, and annoyingly, I suppose it's seen, you know, Isaac Smith arrives, who's got heaps of that. But I think Clark can get a proper crack at it this year if they do want to inject a bit more speed through that midfield. Um, look, he averaged 63 in 2019, but uh, did register some scores of 88 89, 95, and 96, which is uh, very good going for a kid in his first year. Look, and even in his three games last year, he averaged a 70 BCV, and his PB was 81 points, so 72% time on ground. So really good going points per minute-wise there. Well, I'm actually really super keen on his chances to get into this side this year. There's been a bit of uh, you know chat around the circles that Clark's ready to go this year, and I hope he does because... Uh, um, he's very, very handy. Obviously, what I do like even more is he gets his defender status back this year. He was at mid only last year. He's a defender this year, which is a big tick. Third year, um, breakout year, we know that. Uh, basically, free swing as a defender as well. So, I'd definitely be holding him in a league if you own him. I reckon there's a lot of upside there. And if you don't, I think potentially one you could target, one you could get out of um, out of a fellow coach this year for, for a good deal. Yeah, it's just the question of best 22 and what's going to be hard. And we probably should have mentioned that at the top, we're only going to see these teams for one game mm. uh, this year as well. So that's going mm. to make it even harder. But um, definitely potential to slide in a draft if he's available just because of that factor as well. So you could get a pretty good deal on him or, yeah, you could target him in a trade period or whatever. And, uh, yeah, you may snag him for a bit cheaper than you usually would. But being a keeper league, I think long term, you've got no worries with him. It's yep. just this year, whether he plays. So, um, 
I guess you assess where your team's at, whether you need someone to play consistently this year, just if you want to take that risk. If you don't want to take the risk, maybe he's not someone you go for this year, but someone I reckon he will be handy in the future. I just think for him, if you're keen on him, have a crack at him because he'll be one that you'll be kicking about later if he um if you if you let if you let him slip through the cracks, I suppose. Yeah, fair enough. Uh Jeremy Cameron, so he was really down last year. He reached um 87.5 on the back of a 76-goal season in 2019. Then last year, you could only ma- manage uh, 51.1, and that was a BCV of 68 point, uh, sorry, 63.8. Um, he only kicked 24 goals last season. So I think there's a good reason for this, though. So GWS were basically a shadow of their former selves, um, and they just weren't – he wasn't getting the supply. So I had a look at some stats. Um, their inside 50s were horrendous. They were ranked 16th in the competition Whoa. last year. Just were not getting the ball forward. They were doing everything but just going sideways, going backwards, and not going forward. It was really strange to see, especially with a team that has such a dominant midfield and can mm-hmm. move the ball really well. Um, the only worst teams for inside 50 were Crows and Fremantle. So that says something, I reckon. Um he also probably didn't um, – he probably knew he was on the way out for a while, I think, as well. Um, you know, you can make a case that usually that makes you play better, but sometimes if your head's just not in the right space, you're in a hub, all that sort of stuff, you don't want to be there anymore. Maybe you don't get on with your teammates that well. I don't know. Um, it might yeah, affect your playing. Rumours. Not rumours. I'm just speculating as to why this – I'm giving basically making excuses for him. Get a job in the AFL media with making, stuff like that. Making excuses for him as to why his uh, performances might not have been that good last season. Um, but anyway, he moves to the Cats – Oh, that, and that said as well, I've got that written here. He doesn't really strike me as a player who would enjoy a hub. Loves fishing, doesn't he? Yeah, just likes being out and about and mm. not being inside and all that sort of shit. So, I don't know. Anyway, move to the Cats. Um, he's averaged... Uh Cats averaged the fifth most inside 50s. So we should see an uptick in his goal kicking there, I think. So that's a big plus for him. The concerns people have is him playing alongside Tomahawk, but he played against like alongside three tools. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I know he was probably head and the shoulders ahead of the other two. But um, look, I think Tomahawk's probably the one who's going to take a hit, if anything. And I think Jeremy Cameron, he's the future. Um, they'll definitely be targeting him with um, Hawkins playing more of the support role. So it'd be good for Cameron just to have someone to help him take the heat off as well. Uh, someone as good as Tomahawk is. And I guess with um, Phil, like when you compare back to GWS, Finlayson and Himmelberg, they just weren't you know much chop in comparison to Tom Hawkins. So that's why I think he would just actually have like an actual body there. And defenders actually have to think about the way they play them and stuff like that, which is going to be really good for him. Mm-hmm. So I'm tipping him to bounce back. Big time. Uh, he's a genuine top 20 forward, I reckon. Top 30 forward. Um, and... You know, he's probably going to have to play up the ground a bit more because Tom Hawkins will play closer to goal, which, you know, we do like those forwards getting up the ground, getting the, the kicks and marks along the wing. Um, obviously, then you swing back and, and kick a fair few goals. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm massive uh, raps on Cameron returning to his uh, 29 ways in 2021. All right, let's move on, Case. All right, yeah, a couple of cats players to finish off. We're going to go with Luke Dalhurst first. Um, I'm actually old enough to remember the days when Luke Dalhurst was a premium forward, Hef. You yeah. remember those days? Did he have dreadlocks then? Yeah. 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 He played at the Bulldogs. He was actually quite good. <laughs> but uh, those days are well and truly long gone. Think about this. 2016, he was a 92 average forward and last year he ended it as a 66 average forward. So Gross. that is a huge drop off in three or four years. And it's probably always predicted that when he uh, arrived at the Cats, his fantasy ability was going to drop truly because uh, coming in playing that um, you know small forward role at the at the side, which he does very well, but just obviously hurts his fantasy scoring. Look, I suppose in his defence, um, he does actually have a pretty high floor. Um, we just you know he never really scores under fifty, but we just don't see those hundred you know eighties, nineties, hundreds, which we did when he was back at the Dogs. So um, you know probably slots in a F four five spot in your side. Um, you know, and we do know forwards are scarce this year, but 
for me, um, I'd be hunting someone who either has the ability to notch up some bigger scores or a youngster who has the chance to really develop into something. You know, um, Dalhouse, I'm not sure how old he is. He'd be late 20s. So we kind of know what role he's playing in the side. Uh, it doesn't look like he's ever going to get into the midfield in the in the cat side. Nah. Um, you know, you just kind of know his role. And if you're happy to bank a 50 or 60 each week, you know, sure, he's going to be fine. But uh, I don't necessarily think he's capable anymore. Um, and just someone you can probably target mid-range, especially if you're hunting a, a flag, just someone who's regularly playing and regularly scoring an okay score. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I don't see him being a star lock. He probably once showed potential to be, mm-hmm. especially in Geelong. Yeah. Um, maybe if we'd have stayed at Bulldogs, but even though they have a million midfielders anyway do. now, so yes. it doesn't really matter. Um, there was a bit of talk that he might feel a bit more of Ablett's role, but with Higgins coming in, I just can't yeah. see that happening either. Yeah. So, no. Nah. He's not for me. But, yeah. you know, if you need someone to kind of make out your last forward, he's not the worst option as well. No, I agree. Um, another guy who has probably been hurt by the arrivals of uh, Smith and Higgins, which seems to be a consistent thread across this pod is Tom Atkins. Now, uh, he's a genuine handball and tackling machine, but I think that's probably it. Uh, was a very, very solid VFL player before landing in the AFL. Uh, as a mature age player in 2019. I kind of liken him a bit to, to Michael Gibbons, but potentially not as good and definitely has less opportunity in the Cats side. But there's been a bit of talk that he might go back this year, but you know I think the, the Cats have a strong enough backline that I don't think we'll be seeing Tommy Atkins back there. Um, he'll have his occasional good days, but I think if he's in that best 22, he is just really a, a role player, whether it's um, pressure forward, crumbing forward, or maybe even a tagger. Um, so he's always going to be crucified by having to have that, that team role. He's never going to be able to go off the leash and, and dominant like he had in the, the VFL in the past. Um, solid backup for the Cats, uh, solid backup for your fantasy side. Um, just, you know, not one I'm too keen on taking too early or even in too middle. I think, you know, it's a nice uh, forward fill-up late in a draft. Um, could be handy, but not one I'm too excited about this year. Yeah, the best 22 factor is the big thing there. Um, I can't see it happening. Cats fans, if you think any different, let us know in the chat, I guess, or the comments uh, when this comes out. But personally, just can't see him getting consistent enough of game to actually just be worth bothering with at the moment. Um, Anyways, let's move on to the next team, Kays. All right, on to the Gold Coast Suns. You got a best 22 for us, Case? I sure do, Hef. Uh, right, yeah, we'll start off the back line as usual. Back pocket, Charlie Ballard, Sam Collins and Connor Buderick. Halfback line, birthday boys, Jack Bowes, Jack Lacocious and Rory Atkins. On the wing, Brandon Ellis, Took Miller, Lockie Weller. Half forward line of Hugh Greenwood, Sam Day and Ben Ainsworth. Forward line, Isaac Rankin, Ben King and Alex Sexton. Uh, in the ruck, Jared Witts. David Swallow, Matty Rao uh, on the pine. Noah Anderson, Will Powell, Oleg Markov and Sam Flanders. Then the emergencies of Elijah Hollands, Darcy McPherson, Braden Fiorini and Jared Harbrow. Oh, so you've actually got Fiorini in your emergencies. Emergencies. Yeah, okay. Have you put any draftees in any of your teams yet? Uh, no. I don't, oh, uh, Crows, I had Phil Thorpe in there. Yeah, that's right. Yep. I don't blame you for it because you don't really know enough about them after mm. not seeing them. But you, you'd suspect in real life there'll probably be a few more coming out of the Probably. Woodwork. I think, you know, like North Melbourne will be blooding a few. Yeah. I think um, it's really tough because we just don't know enough about a lot of these draftees. Yeah. 
I thought Holland's might be one to sneak in, but yeah. when I look at the side, I think um, you've got a pretty good makeup there. Um, I and I can see them rolling with a side that looks like that. Mm-hmm. I like that you've got Markov and Atkins straight in because mm-hmm. I think they are good options, especially when you think of Harbrow's gonna. I think he's been relegated to the rookie list, hasn't yeah, he? And he's like assistant yeah. coaching, yeah, or something and like that sort of stuff. Yep. So I can't see him playing too much. Hanley retired, so and they're both playing pretty consistently. You know, they played a few games last year, mm-hmm. so I can see just those guys kind of slotting into the halfback or into defender roles as well um do you, do you see lakosha's playing a, a key post or do you see more of a running interceptor third tool type thing because um, there might be another they might play another tool there and they might yeah. play ballard in a key position well post. i think that ballard collins yeah. will take your bigger guy ballard will be yeah. that next one and then i think they'll just kind of play lakosha's on who they think he can kind of be most aggressive against yeah like it, it makes sense because he's kind of taller but they're taking a lot away from their attack there as that's well, true so. yeah but and then like, charlie ballard is also not the greatest key defender as well so it's really interesting like he's serviceable lockdown i think yeah. but you know like if you look at their forward line ben king's obviously going places sam day played some really good footy last year yeah. um and alex sexton's a very good forward too so i don't think at the moment they need lacocious up forward little guy called rankin who's right as well yeah but i'm talking big boys <laughs> sexton's not that big but uh, i guess he's bigger than rankin it's bigger than rankin <laughs> that's true all right uh who you got first case right i'm gonna start off with my boy benny ainsworth um, very, very big on this guy. And uh, as I said, I reckon he could be very close to my boy if he starts this year off nicely. Um, I think I made the call on Twitter late last year that I reckon he could be a top 20 forward this year. And I'm going to stand by that comment because uh, he averaged 77 last year, which I actually thought was 2G for PHEF, but we're obviously uh, <laughs> lifting the standards here on the pod. What was it? 77. BCV? Yeah. No, but then it has to be 80. Like 64 <sighs> is the... You get confused. You change the rules no, all the time. 64 actual, 80 BCV is the... Right, yeah. Well, he's bloody close, listeners. Yeah. 77. Um, and he did have some very, very good games. Also had a couple of quiet games, which obviously brings him down there. He actually even uh, even registered a Corona ton with 107 points against the Kangas. And that was from only 79 percent time on ground he went home really really hot average 74 uh, sorry average 95 in his last four games and i actually think that's close to the mark that he can get to um he played the connector role really really well at times last year um you know similar to what tom lynch did when the crows were up and about a few years ago he's got a high kick mark style of game and i think he can take that next step forward um the best thing is he probably doesn't have real high trade value. High trade value, so it might be one you could you could get off someone. Uh, he's never leaving my team. I think he's very very good. But uh, yeah, I'm reckon he's he's going to be one that will just take a big jump, especially up the forward ranks this year. He showed his best kind of football though when he was kind of doing a little bit of midfield stuff here and there, which he just doesn't seem to be getting. Like he was at the end of uh, 2019, start of last year. So I'm not super hyped on him, but there is so much potential there. You just can't ignore him because mm-hmm. he does have the goods. And like I said, if you can jump into a Tom Lynch quite style role that actually yeah. does get you a bit of the, you know, a few marks, a few kicks, all that sort of stuff, a few more possessions there. That's the role he'll need yeah. to play to be a good fantasy scorer. Whether he's the one to get it, like he's probably the most likely for Gold Coast. It's just whether they play that style. Yeah, I think, I think he's going to be that one. And the good thing about Ainsworth is last year was re- really his only full season of footy. Like he was a, I think he was like a number four or very high draft pick back in the day. Just never got a crack at it with injury. So yeah. uh, we actually see saw him get a full run at it last year. And I think if he can uh, continue to work off that, um, the sky's the limit for him. All right, we'll move on to Jack Lukosius. Now, this guy was very close to being 2G, 4P. What, average 77 or something like that? No, well, uh, you you put far too much weight on BCV, I think, because you only talk BCV when you do your numbers as well. I'm a bit more wary because I don't think they tell the whole story. 
I don't like just going I just blank like at 1.25. Yeah, I just don't like going. Well, that's I'm why a I always, simple man, Hef. I just like keeping me and our well, listeners on the same level. Well, that's why I always mention the two. I always go, this is the real average and this is the BCV average. This is what Air for Fantasy have classed them as. You're the, you're the one who doesn't like classic, mate. And you're the one going by their classic. price. You're the one by, going by their scoring system. Sorry, so, classic. <laughs> uh, just, yeah, watch it. I don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate it. I'm just not very good at it. And I think that's more the reason. Yeah. You hate yourself. No, I hate that. I don't, I don't like doing things I'm not good at and that's one of them. So, you know. You don't get better, mate, unless you, you fail a few times. You don't have to try. I know. I know. I know I'd hard. rather just be really good at this. All right. Um, yeah. All those premierships you win in this. Hey, I won the podcaster's Does, league yeah, last the year. one that no one ever checks. Yeah. Doesn't good, matter. Good on your case. Someone's got to, <laughs> someone's got to win it. <laughs> Anyways. Um, it's so close to being 2G4P. He was actually ranked the 153rd ranked player. So we all know the story. Drafted as a key forward, put behind the ball on defense. We're not sure if that was just for a learning experience or they wanted to actually exploit his skills. Either way, it paid off because he's an absolute gun back there. So he's proven too good to actually come away from that halfback role now, I feel, for Gold Coast. Although it would be handy to just if you're struggling for an option up forward just to throw him up there. Geez, it'd be good, nice to have that luxury on mm, side. Wouldn't it? Um, but anyway... Uh, he, well, they want to exploit his skills anyway, and, and he is such a gun player. He averaged uh, 62.3, which is a 77.9 BCV. Included some big scores. Um, he had 107, which is 133 BCV um, against Richmond in round 12. Um, he also had 87, which is an 108.8 BCV, and that was against Carlton in round 13. He also had tons in Supercoach too. And, you know, whilst we're not big Supercoach players, you look at a player like that and with his kind of skill set, you think he should be a gun in that format. Um, look, kick to handball ratio was absolutely stunning case 13 kicks four handles per game that's over three to one love that ratio. that's amazing um he's a big fella but doesn't take a heap of grabs but i reckon that'll improve as his body fills out a bit more he was still pretty skinny um last year but i think this year he'll start to bulk up a bit and he'll start to be able to hold his own a bit more in the contests mm-hmm. and because you know we saw him as a junior player he was so so good on the leads and taking grabs like that because he's playing behind the ball he's not you know making the same sort of runs but i think once his contested marking improves a little bit more which i, I have no doubts that it will um, he'll be an absolute gun. So get on board, Jack Lacocious. He'll be 2G4P uh, very soon, I feel. So, um, it was yeah. my Ben Ainsworth 2G4P. Oh, sorry, mate. I wasn't listening. I was actually just getting through the uh, comments on the chat. <laughs> uh, Jack Lacocious is only in his third year this year. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous how good yeah. he's become as a um, you know pretty wiry um, def- defender, key defender, key, key position player. Um, so, look, I think, you know, the sky is honestly the limit for what he could do. Um, he could be one of those genuinely good, um, tall guys. <laughs> Sorry, we've just noticed that Warney's actually listening after Kay says, I hate AFL fantasy. <laughs> no, I retracted that quite quickly. <laughs> I'm just not very good at it. G'day, Warney. How you going, mate? Hey, Warney. <laughs> I really like, it's a skill to do what you guys do. I got no bloody idea. And even Hef, you know, yeah, even though back, thinks back he's good. now. It's oh, okay, guys. Come think, on, man. I think he's taking the piss. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, he's talks BCV. We're on the same language. That's you know, so why we understand each other. <laughs> Next one. Keep going. All right. Noah Anderson. I uh, can't believe he's not 2G4P already. Oh, sorry. Um, look, he continued to develop and shine last year after Rao went down injured. Um, but what I loved, he just looks so polished. Um, and obviously, Rao will get a lot of attention again uh, this year, which is rightfully so. He's a he's a jet. But Anderson is one you definitely shouldn't sleep on. Uh, knocked up two 80s last year, which did um, equate to 100 BCVs. There is that go. right? Yeah. Well Got done. it right. Well done. <laughs> 
Um, average 16 touches, three marks, and two tackles a game, which is a very, very nice debut season for the kid. Um, what I love is he didn't slow down towards the end of the year, which, you know, we do see that um, some debutants kind of, you know, come out um, firing and then just slowly get too tired as the year goes on. But he ended up um, having 20 touches in five of his last six games, um, and two of them are 25 pluses. So um, I doubt too many coaches will be delisting him, which which does suck. But um, if he does find a way to the pool, just in, in terms of, you know, you might not have, you might only keep 10 or something like that. I think he's one you should definitely be targeting because um, I still think he flew under the radar. Should have been a lot higher in the, the rising star, um, you know, rouse the, the big name in that side. But um, Anderson is just low flying. I like him a lot. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely had a raid just from Rao last year and mm. the way everyone's talking about him. And even though Rao didn't play after round five, um, he still flew under the radar. In that emerging um, Gold Coast talent, I definitely think he is a pivotal part for them going forward. He kind of offers something a little bit different, I think, mm. as well. A bit more of an outside kind of game, um, a bit more class. Um, well, the, the class of Rao's hard to pretty much match yeah. to as well. But it's different just the kind of players. Yeah, like, they kind of complement each other Rao's so well. like though. a ball and that, yeah, whereas yeah. Anderson just, just yeah. kind of floats around and just uses the ball beautifully. Yeah, I reckon he's absolutely going to be a gun. Um, let's talk about Will Brody. Now, I'm actually surprised there hasn't been more chatter this week on our Twitter asking about Will Brody. because people have given up. Probably a very good reason. And mm. if that's the case, and I'm very proud of our listeners for being uh, smart fantasy coaches. Um, look, he's got four status, but you've just got to get over it. All right. I'm especially talking to the guy who owns Will Brody in our <laughs> league as well. Um it means shit when he's not going to play. So, he managed one game. I think it was round one and he scored 45. He was playing forward for that game as well. So, that shows you what um, he actually scores when he does play forward, not in the midfield. And if he does play, it's likely going to be up forward. So, he's just not going to score anyway. Um, but I just don't even see him playing. He's out of favour with Stuart Jew. There's a heap of kids he rates higher. Doesn't have the tank to uh, run both ways, which has been one of his biggest knock, and it's been widely documented in the media as to that's why he's not playing. I think those kids are just going to keep developing um, their running power and things like that, and play the style of the game that Drew wants. Particularly, like they're coming up under him as well, and he's you know specifically molding them to play the style he wants as well. Um, look, everyone's got it in his head that he's going to be a, a gun fantasy scorer when he plays, but in reality, he's only really had the one good season, and in that season, he only played eight games. So he averaged eighty-seven point eight from the eight games in twenty nineteen. Um, 2018, he played eight games for an average of 68. Three games in 2017 for an average of 64. Like, yes, within those seasons, he's had some big games and shown some glimpses. And he's done the things we like of like a good fantasy scorer. Like when they're emerging, they'll have like, you know, a consecutive 80s or something like that. Nothing huge, but shown that they have to have the potential. But I think just without the development of actually playing, um, it's not going to move too much forward. He did have a score of 142 once against North. That was in 2019. So I think people really get hyped about that one as Mm -hmm. well. Um, And he's only had two career tons though from his 20 games that he's played so far so I think people just need to let Will Brody go what do you reckon um, well yeah I think the main thing was there was so much chat around in the uh, trade period that Brody's going to go to Essendon or he's going to go somewhere um, but he didn't go anywhere so like do other clubs not rate him as well or uh, I think he's signed until 2022 so he's still got two more years stuck at Gold Coast potentially not playing unless someone wants to, to take him this pre uh, this you know um next trade period so you know he's not playing no one else really wanted him you know it's, it's not really a um, good recipe for playing games this year in a very very good Gold Coast Sunside I think yeah I think the development of the younger ones is definitely going to hurt him mm-hmm. alright Kays I'm sure you've got heaps to talk about Braden Fiorini what have you come up with what how do you slip into this doc what do you mean are we doing a um, VFL fantasy draft this year? Surely people, our listeners, want to know about Braden Fiorini. Next. Okay, fine. We won't talk about Braden Fiorini. He's not even B2P. He's lower than B2P. I don't have a button for that. 
shit. <laughs> no, yeah, make one. <laughs> He's like Will Brody, but more hated. So I'm not really sure what's going Quite on. Quite similar to Will Brody. I just don't see how he gets a game either. Uh, look, if he plays, he's going to score well. But then he played those games last year in a role that wasn't S- similar real. Similar type to Brody. Yeah, played a forward. Wasn't really uh, in his wheelhouse and just, yeah, struggled. So yeah. um, I've got other kids ahead of you, unfortunately. Oh, Sorry, Braden. Don't want to talk about him. That's fine. No. I'll talk about Isaac Rankin there. Go for it. Now we're talking. Um, look, he burst onto the scene last year, had back-to-back super coach tons in his first game. Um, he put up uh, reasonable scores in fantasy um, too for a small forward. So he averaged 48.7, which is a 60.8 BCV, but his top score was a 72, which was a 90 BCV in his second game against Sydney. So um, I think he tied towards the end of the season and you know, first year coming off a huge uh, hamstring injury um, the year before. I think he might um, have just not been quite up to the rigors of AFL footy and that kind of, kind of caused him to taper off. Um, look, normally I'd advise against picking up small forwards, but I think he's a special talent. So he has the potential to be an absolute star and has the skills, I think, to run through the midfield one day and have a huge impact, sort of like your Robbie Gray kind of does mm-hmm. and uh, kind of moved into eventually. Um, look, the Gold Coast midfield might be too strong, so we might have to wait and see what happens there. But if you can find a way to stash him on your list for two years, I think you'll definitely be rewarded. Um, not sure if I recommend keeping him in our league where we're only kept 16, um, but perhaps draft him this year with the aim of him having a big year next year. Um, once he has another season under the belt, so you can keep him at the end of next year. Mm-hmm. But in Supercoach, because he's got that skill set, um, mm-hmm. I think he, didn't he kick like three goals with his first three kicks? Was very close, or am I imagining he that? A couple bags early in his Yeah, yeah. His so career, yeah. I think just that sort of, you know, um, kicking efficiency, I think he's going to be a Supercoach gun. So I think he's a goal there this year for sure. What do you reckon about Rankin? Um, yeah, I think he's going to be stuck in that forward pocket for a while. And it's not really a knock on what he could do in the midfield. It's just the fact so that he's so good at what he does yeah. up forward. And, you know, even looking at, um, you know, some of the new arrivals at, at Gold Coast, you know, like um, Jeremy Sharp, we didn't really see last year. Flanders, we didn't really see. Hollands, who has just come there. You know, like I think that they're probably more likely to get a go in around that midfield before Rankin does purely because he's so good at what he does up forward. So, yeah. like... I think you could almost forget about that um, midfield time for a while and just like sit back and enjoy the rank and sharp forward because he's good at that. Obviously, it's not always conducive to scoring in their, um, you know, regular fantasy um, format. But look, as a super coach, it's probably worth looking into him, I'd say. For sure. All right, let's move on. Yeah, Will Powell. So, I think he's a guy who's really flying under the radar for the Suns and 2021 could be the time to pounce on him. Uh, genuine speedster who can play in uh, defense or on the wing. <laughs> in his ninth AFL game, which was uh, round one 2019, um, had 108 there. So, um, scores since have kind of varied due to his role on that side, but he has had some impressive games um, last year with that run and dash. Uh, had 105 BCV. Sorry, Hef, I don't know what that equates to, not in a <laughs> regular Corona ball, but 105 BCV against the Pies in round 17. We had 22 touches, six marks and two tackles. He keeps a defender status this year, which is um, something I really, really like. And I reckon a guy can get quite cheap in a draft. Um not really one of the big names for the the Gold Coast side. And then unless you really look into kind of what he's done in the past, um, a lot of coaches will kind of let him go. And I think you'll get him uh, mid to late quite good, uh, quite nicely, sorry, I should say. And yeah, I think he's got a lot of upside. I think he can almost make a home for himself on that wing. He's got the pace. He's got the skill set. Um, there are some mixed results, but I think he's one worth uh, persisting with. Um, and look, with a, a back center DPP, yeah, a bit of a free swing, I think. I think we brought him up a couple times on the uh, Waywater podcast last mm-hmm. year because, yeah, again, I really like looking at him as well. I thought he was great. Um, played a fantasy style coming off that halfback line as well. I think he was drafted as a midfielder, but 
I, he's one of those players that's kind of adapted. I think his game to actually fit in mm-hmm. to the Gold Coast side. So that's what I really like to see. Um, oh, he's someone I'd be targeting pretty highly if I didn't have a million defenders already. Mm-hmm. So that's the only issue that I have with him. That's but you um, personally. That's me personally. That's mm-hmm. not with other coaches. So, yeah, I think um, he's definitely one that you want to have a look at. I just wish we had more than one preseason game to have yeah. all these guys. But yeah. we'll have to make our best um, assessment. It's going to be interesting that. to see whether the teams play like their strongest 22. They're going to because they won't have another chance. Yeah. So, well, they will have that scratch match. But, yeah, mm-hmm. um, I think they will. Yeah. Uh, next up is a guy who could be an absolute bargain for the coaches who want to do their research. It's Rory Atkins. So, a quick glance will show you that last year the Rat only averaged a miserly 44 points. But if you look back on the seasons where he actually played, he averaged 73, 81, 79 and 81. So, um, the Rat was injured and um, checked out of Hotel California um, last year. He didn't want to be around the club at all. Um Never really got the chance to improve on that score and kind of finished the year as a really shitty, shitty. Sorry, I just realized you said Hotel Crowfornia. Yeah. I thought you started there or something. No. <laughs> okay, good pun. It case. was deliberate. <laughs> Thank you. Um, where am I at? I'm pretty proud of that one. Because um, you can check out anytime, but you can never leave. It feels like that culture down at Westlake sometimes. <laughs> anyway. But look, the Suns obviously recruited him for a reason, and that's probably to play off that halfback or on a wing. Um, and I reckon it'll give him a lot of drive and, and the leadership they kind of need there. Um, look, we know that Harbrow's um, kind of on the way out and Hanley's gone. So, basically, that spot opens up purely for them. Uh, and really, I don't think there's any reason why um, he can't, you know, get close to that 80 average again. The Gold Coast are a pretty uh, fantasy-friendly um scoring team uh, he knows how to find the pill and I think that you could get him for a steal um, especially in a startup keeper league or even just a regular draft league just sitting at that low um, you know uh, average from last year um, he's only 26 so there's plenty of upside he's going to still have another good three or four years ahead of him um, and everyone loves an 80 averaging back surely Crotel was the better pun I don't know <laughs> <laughs> anyway I don't know when I wrote that anyway the rat um, I, I don't mind him to be honest I hated him as a Crows player didn't like him at all but as a fantasy scorer like a few years ago when he was kind of I think it was in his second third year he actually looked like a third year breakout candidate type but I guess um, thrown around a lot of different roles ro- 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 at the Crows so if I think he can lock down a consistent halfback flank role he could be okay especially in a Gold Coast side that's yep. still kind of emerging yeah definitely one to look at I think um, not going to go all in straight away. No, no, but, but I just think yeah, he's going to yeah. be bargained purely yeah, on from what he came last year. And a lot of people just, you know, they don't have, you know, they're, they're lazy when they're doing their research or their ranks and, you know, uh, he's on the way out kind of thing. And then he actually, he's actually an 80 average defender. So, do you I just feel think like, he might be bargain. Do you feel like there's a lot of defender options this year? Um, Especially yeah, like I'm, I'm flush with them. This level. Um, I think we all yeah. are. It feels like we are. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when defenders are so hard to get. And yeah. And I've got too many. It's gone yeah. the opposite way. I think four yeah. is going to be the ones. But, to- you know, like if you, a lot of these guys also do have DPP. So, um, you know, if you do need them, you know, if, if say Rory Atkins is a defender, but you've got him as a um, M7, you know, like it's not too bad. Yeah. It's Cam uh, from the Draft Doctors has just commented, Hotel California. Oh, no. I thought that would be right up his alley, to be honest. But anyway, uh, you learn something new every day. Anyway, he obviously laugh. doesn't appreciate good humour. <laughs> oh, he loves a shit pun, that's for sure. <laughs> um, uh, monitors, uh, we had a few that we didn't quite make the uh, main show doc, but we thought they were worth look, keeping an eye on. Um, Sam Flanders, stupid, sexy Flanders. Um, 
forward who can run through the middle. Average 90.1 in his draft year in the NAB League, 97.5 the under-18 champs playing against the best of the best. Uh, debuted last year, played five games, only averaged 31.2. Mm-hmm. Has potential, just not sure he gets the role he needs to score like he did in juniors, but will mm-hmm. be right for the picking in a couple years, I think. Have you seen anyone else, Case? Uh, basically, rinse and repeat there for Jeremy Sharp as well. Yeah. Um, just bit of a slighter frame, probably needs another year in the system. Uh, I think he averaged, you know, low 30s or mid 30s last year as well. So, yeah. um, similar to Flanders, they'll get he'll get his opportunity, just needs to bite his time in a um, pretty stacked kind of mid half forward um, yeah. side of So, these coast. are the guy, kind of guys you start picking late in your draft this yep. year for next year, yep. if you can hold them, yep. I think is more the- Because you don't really want to go too early on guys that might not play that yeah. much, especially even though they do have potential. Uh, and Connor Buderick's another one, um, same draft as those guys. He at least um, plays though. He does play, but um, <laughs> look, it's that small back pocket role that he's playing very nicely. He's playing a, a good team role there. Um, might have something, you know, in terms of fantasy output. I think he just needs a couple years to develop, put on a bit more size as well. And, yeah. Um, he could be pushing up onto that half back line or, or something like that. We talked about him I mean, the questions last week, what we thought about him. And yeah, we do think he has the makings of a fantasy player. It's just going to take a while, yeah. I think, given, I guess, his height um, and the role he's playing as well. Anyways, let's move on to the Giants. <laughs> Onto the big, big sound case. Give us your best 22. Best theme song in the comp. <laughs> Should have left it playing longer. Yeah. Can we have it just looping for the rest of this section? Might get annoying. Uh. <laughs> uh, rightio. Back line, Sam Taylor, Phil Davis, Adam Kennedy. Halfback line, Lockie Ash, Nick Haynes, Lockie Whitfield. Uh, Harry Perryman, Jacob Hopper, and Josh Kelly. And we've got Brent Daniels, Jeremy Finlayson, Toby Green, with Harry Himmelberg, Jake Riccardi, and Matty DeBoer. With Big Braden Proust in the ruck, Stephen Cornelio and Tim Taranto. Interchange of Tom Green, Cullen Ward, Isaac Cumming and Sam Reid. The emergencies of Bobby Hill, Daniel Lloyd, Jesse Hogan and Jacob Ware. I like that you've gone Riccardi over Hogan. I definitely mm-hmm. don't disagree with that, but the media thinks Hogan will get the nod. So, yes. obviously. I think that's- something um, we don't. Look, we just- No, nah, I just don't- <sighs> Hogan's probably got a- bit of a way to make up just in terms of, you know, probably yeah. fitness and just fitting into the club. But I don't even think that it would be Riccardi over Hogan. I reckon it might be Rick, uh, Hogan over Himmelberg or someone like Finlayson, that. Or, I think was yeah, Finlayson might be the other one. You know, like, because yeah. I think Riccardi's that, he's a bit smaller, but he's a bit more nimble, agile than, you know, um, Finlayson, Harry Himmelberg, a bit big, tall, you know, straight at the ball kind of operators, whereas Riccardi seems to have a few more tricks. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then you've got Cumming and Ash both in the side, so that's pretty juicy. But you think, think so? Will they affect each other? Because a lot of people are counting on those to be picking up uh, their fantasy. Scoring. It really depends on what they end up doing. You know, Harry Perryman could go onto that half back line if he needed to. Um, do they, you know, put Jacob Ware in there, the mature age recruit from the, the Sandful to to kind of play back? I don't know. It depends who's going to be the, the driver. I think Whitfield will have to do, go back there. Um, you know, Sam Taylor, Kennedy, kind of play a few more lockdown roles. I think they can both coexist, and I think they're both very good players. Lockie Ash had a pretty underrated year last last year for me. I thought he was pretty solid in a strongish kind of side, even yep. though they underdelivered. But I thought he was um, doing some good things. All right, let's move on to some of the players. You're up first, case. Who you yes, got? Yes, Jake Riccardi uh, was bloody good last year. The young Giants forward in 2020, um, fantastic size, athletic, uh, knows where the goals are. Opened up his uh, AFL career with an 87, which was at 109 BCV um, debut. Kicked two goals, 16 touches, and 10 marks, which I love. Look, he kicked, uh, ended up kicking nine goals in five games, which always helps. But 
actually took 30 marks in five games, which is very, very impressive. Look, averaging six a game um, and had games of 10 and nine uh, respectively, which is super, super good. Uh, I think there's a lot to like about his prospects heading into 2021. Obviously, no Jeremy Cameron's a big plus there. Uh, added another preseason and a Giants list. There still has plenty of talent. Yes, they've had a few guys leave, but end of the day, they should Last year should be a blip on the radar. They're, they're too good for that. Um, he's also going to be available in a ton of leagues because a lot of lot of leagues don't play waiver wise, or if they do, um, you know, you might have to put them back, etc. Ford's going to be hard to come by, and I think that he's shown to be a proven scorer in his uh, young career. I just don't think there's not much to love. Like I think he's he ticks a lot of boxes for that um, that tall forward who can find the goals and score. Yeah, um, I don't mind him. He's definitely got the fantasy makings. It's just more like I'm just still not 100% sure how he's rated at GWS. I think that's going to be the big issue. But long term, I think he's definitely uh, one for the future. So um, definitely one look- worth looking at there for sure. Rightio. Next up is Callan Ward, Hef. Yeah, I've, um, I've got him there. I'm not sure where I really how I really feel about Callan Ward, but we'll talk about him anyway. So between 2015 and 18, he did miss a game. Um, throughout this time, he averaged 100. So 96, 94, 97, uh, sorry, 90, 100, 96, 94, and 97. Um, Disaster struck um, when he got injured in the first game of the 2019 season. Um, but yeah, um, that was in the first few minutes as well. So he returned last year in round two and scored 79 in round three versus the Bulldogs. So he had a 99 BCV there. Um, played three games and then uh, hurt the knee and missed six weeks. Then returned again in round 10, but didn't score anything of note. Um, then he absolutely mangled up his finger in round 13 versus West Coast, then took the rest of the season off to get that one fixed up. Um, he's 31 this year. Uh, I don't think he bounces back to what he was before because I think the best is just well and truly behind him. Um, can be a serviceable mid six, mid seven um, and he's going to be a lot in a lot of um, draft pools I think so it's something to think about. Um, at worst I think he makes good cover. Um, the only thing I guess is well with him. Oh sorry the other thing I was looking at, I was actually looking at all the heat maps from last year and he popped up. So later in the season it kind of looked like um, he was playing a little bit in defense as well so off the halfback line so that could be a little sneaky thing there but I don't know with Ashen coming, you, you think one of those guys plays there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But yeah, Callan Ward, um, what do you think about him? Um, he's someone that I'd be targeting. You know, I think I'm in the, the flag window. So, you know, he's a proven scorer. You think that every year though? Yeah, but this year- this year, <laughs> It's different. This year, it's different. 2021's my year. Okay. Um, no, but I think if you do think you're in contention, you always need a guy who's going to average or is going to score your 80 or something most weeks with the, the ability to go up. You know, Callum Ward's just an in and under tackling machine, finds the ball. Like, yes, he's not the sexiest pick and, you know, maybe doesn't go as big as he used to, but um, he's still a very, very good player. If you are in the hunt, I think he's one that you should definitely add because he'll probably get delisted purely because of the age and, and the injury history over the last couple of years. Yeah, definitely. I think the stream dropped out, but I reckon we are back now. So if we are, just let us know in the chat to make sure you can hear us. Otherwise, we'll just can it and record the rest of it. Um, Tom Green, uh, people are expecting big things this season. I guess with Haley and Caldwell you know, out, he jumps to the top of the pile of those young GWS mids. Um, he averaged 52.7, which is a 65.9 BCV. Only managed the six games though. Um, basically, uh, GWS would pick between him and Caldwell each week, it seemed. And Caldwell generally got the nod until late in the season. Um, and then, you know, I guess early they started with Green too. Um, Caldwell obviously been traded to Essendon, Haley gone to the Crows. Uh, I think we already mentioned that. But yeah, he's next. the next up and coming mid for them. The only issue is he's got Coniglio, Taranto, Kelly in there. So they're probably going to take the brunt of it. But he's definitely the next in line. Um, 
if you don't include, I guess, the pinch hitters as well, like Whitfield and Green, who do run through there. It's actually a pretty strong midfield when you think about it. Um, I think GWS may be in a bit of a transition phase, having so much young talent um, and all that going forward. I think can see them pumping a bit more time into Green. Might not be um, a fantasy gun straight away, but I reckon he's definitely worth holding on to for the future. What do you reckon? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think there's a lot of upside this year for Green, especially, yes, that midfield is still strong, but I think he take away basically two of his main rivals for a, for a spot in that best 22. Um, obviously, a lot of talk about him as well in terms of just general hype um, about his ability and, and how he can slot into that side. So, yeah, I think – I just don't know. Do, do you reckon he's a keeper? Uh, yeah, depends where you're at. If you're struggling, you're down the bottom ladder, you're definitely keeping him. Mm-hmm. If you're near the top, if you're looking to trade him to one of those teams, like maybe Stash, but probably not. I think he probably He's on that, that yeah. precipice of he could be, you know, I don't know that whether this year will be his year, but yeah. I think it was, it's inevitable that he'll become a good scorer. Yeah, I think so. Uh, next up, big Braden Proust. Uh, easily the biggest move of the season is Proust to GWS. All fantasy owners are rejoicing and it's bloody easy to see why. Just simply, he is a fantasy gun. Um, he's just made some really, 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 really bad career decisions in the past. Um, but look, that's all behind him. 2021 is a new year and I'm penciling him in to be a top 10, top 10, sorry, Ruckman this season. Look, we'll look back to 2019, Hef. He was the highest averaging player in the VFL in 2019. Averaged 132 points per game, 14 kicks, three handballs, five marks, three tackles and 52 hitouts per game. Sure, the VFL data is a little bit skewed because, you know, um, good AFL quality Ruckman just generally score a lot better in those things. But if you want some hard data of just how good Braden is, in the same year, the only game he didn't share Ruck duties with Max Gorn, he scored 108 points and had 44 hitouts. So that's saying something. He knows how to score. Then last year, played three games in 2020 and scored 75 and 81 in the two gauntless games. So basically it's simple, everyone. Just get him into your bloody side. Yeah, I agree. Just the, purely the fact that he's number one right now, finally, um, you know, all those years at North when he kind of showed that he could go big when Goldstein was injured. Um, such a gun to have in your side that year as well, except when Gorn came back. Uh, sorry, when um, Goldstein came he's back. He's got free reign now. Yeah, he's definitely going to be a gun uh, fantasy fantasy ruckman. For sure. Apparently he's also a good pickup in fantasy classic, Hef. Absolutely, because he's cheap. Yeah, yeah. And I'm learning. Uh, thing with Rucks, though, you probably you generally want to set and forget, but this year with the pricing, it's a bit different. But anyway. Surely you can set and forget him. He's going to be top 10 Ruckman. Well, you think he's going to average more than Grundy and Gorn? Yep. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right. Not uh, learning as well as I hoped. Yeah, yeah. no. Nah, let's go move on to Isaac Cumming. So, Cumming was on everyone's lips at the start of last year. You're disgusting. My <laughs> hotel California well, party. His name is Isaac Cumming. Um, he had uh, scores of 101 and 83 in the, the Marsh Series games. Um you know, playing a super fantasy-friendly role coming out of defence in those games as well. He really looked good. Played the first two games of the season and scored 36 from 38 uh, before getting dropped. I didn't even bother with the BCV there, Case, because adding... Still not adding, good enough. Adding 25% onto that uh, means nothing. Um, but yeah, it was just classic pre-season hype, really. Yeah. Um, however, he did return for the last game of the year and had a 67, which is an 83.8 BCV. Uh, Zach Williams um, and Aiden Kaur have since left, leaving a hole in that halfback line. I think he's one of the candidates to step in. It's going to be him um, or who's the other one that... Is the young fellow Ash. Ash, like Ash. Um, he's going to be one of those two um, if he's allowed to get a run on, I think. Um, yeah, and if he can make that run on, I reckon he will make it in fantasy. It's mm. just, is he in the best 22 now? Uh, it's going to be, I think this, 
I think the go- uh, sorry the gold ugh, Greater Western Sydney trial game or whatever it's called is going to be very very interesting viewing because we're going to get a look at does Green make it does Cumming make it does Ash make it because when you think about it, you've lost Haitley Caldwell Williams and Core who are all four very good players but even when you look at the GWS best between two it still looks pretty solid yeah so you know I don't think they're going to struggle too much losing those guys but at the same time just gives opportunity to some of these youngsters to really to really shine so um I'm just keen to wait and see, I suppose, on Ash and coming and see where they're at. But, um, you know, there's all the signs that he could be quite a good good fantasy scorer. Yeah, for sure. Lastly, for the GWS Giants, it's Brent Daniels. Oh, we hit the your boy button for once, Case. My boy. Uh, look, this is a real gut feel call, but I really like what I'm seeing here from Daniels in his three seasons so far. And I just thought I'd go back uh, – to a quote from his draft year where he averaged 94 points in the TAC Cup, okay? Brent Daniels is a player that reminds me a little of Dane Swan in the way that he moves. At 171 centimetres and 70 kilos, he is clearly well below the expected height of modern footballers, but like Caleb Daniel before him, he ticks more boxes than most. He is one of the best users in the TAC Cup, averaging... Uh, more than 70% by foot. He has, the, he has the athleticism to make him a dangerous prospect on the outside. Despite the attractive outside features, Daniels wins the majority of his possessions on the inside, maintaining a high efficiency in the process. Pretty impressive stuff. Just every time someone is short, they just say they're going to be Caleb Daniel. Yeah, it's an easy cop out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but look, he had uh, he has a great floor. Last 10 games of the season, he didn't score less than a BCV 50. Uh, he had two BCV 90s in the year two. I just think there's a chance we can see him get up the ground a bit more this year. Uh, Toby Green-esque, I suppose. Maybe we even see Green in the, in the guts a bit more. Look, he's played 49 games in three seasons in arguably one of the strongest sides across that period um sure you could be designed that he's going to be a small forward forever but i think there's just growth opportunity there he's not going to cost you a cent he's not going to be on anyone's radar except for the people who listen to his fantastic pod so i think you might get him for a bargain and i think there's some genuine upside there even if he just kind of plays half forward for the rest of the season he could be a 70 75 average forward yeah, yeah. Like maybe that might be his ceiling. I think. I don't think he's ever going to win a Brownlow and be the best fantasy scorer of all time. No, but, 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 um, but I could I, see him. I could see him averaging seventy. I just think he's underrated. Yeah, like I like the look of him. It's just that he fluctuates from week to week, and he seems to just pop up here and there. And it also depends when GWS seem to be having a good week. Yes. Although he did look like last year that he was probably one of the. The, the more that one of the more of the battlers for GWS, one of the triers that weren't dropping his head and actually having yep. a crack at it and looking okay. I think if GWS do get their shit together though, he might struggle a bit. I think a few Matt players might come up, but he did show some good signs. And even though he didn't really, to me, he didn't look like a fantasy scorer. He still scored pretty well, mm-hmm. so that was the that was the thing there. So maybe if you can, you know, it's just my gut feel call twenty twenty one. I don't mind gut. The I'm remedy on, remedy can put your gut feel. Yeah, remedy remedy cola. Gutfield Gutfield call of 2021, Brent Daniels. Put him on your radar. Such a good sponsorship, a product placement there. The old Gutfield call. Anyway, uh, that is it for the players. So Brent Daniels wraps it up there for GWS. I'm going to stop recording that bit because I think the stream has dropped out. Although I think we're back now. Good. Thanks, Telstra. Big shout out to Telstra for this podcast as well. Um, Hopefully they come on as a sponsor and get us some half-decent internet at uh, (laughs) one day. But anyway, um, before we move on to the listener questions, um, we'll talk about... About our membership. So, 
if you enjoy the podcast um, and you like the work that we do every week and you feel like you get a lot of good information out of this podcast, um, please consider just becoming a member and supporting us financially. Um, last week I talked about the show.k's was 3,500. We're 3,700 words this week. Well, um, we wrote during the week preparing for this show. Um, and then not just that, we also started working on our top 100 defender rankings Ooh, during the week. Ooh, some hot takes in mine. And they, I've noticed, I had to look through. <laughs> they are coming out on Friday. So we'll have our top 100 defender rankings and we'll have a mini episode that goes along with that. So if you're a member, you get a double whammy on Friday. You get two pieces of great fantasy content coming out um, only for your ears. But it's not just that. We've got draftee numbers um, and we've got a podcast about the top fantasy draftees as well with no prospectus this year. Okay, you're going to have to get your fantasy numbers from somewhere. Um, why not be us um, if you're keen to jump on board? Why not? There's also the breakout tracker that allows you to track every play in their first 100 games to the top players in the competition at the same point in their careers. I've really mastered explaining that one. It's good. Still don't think it makes sense to many, but uh, anyway. When you play with it, it makes sense. Yeah. And then rankings, obviously, we just talked about. They're coming out. They're going to be, we'll have uh, midfielders week after that, then rucks, then forwards, and that'll lead us into the... Amy series, I think it's called now. <laughs> preseason <laughs> game. Yeah. The whatever. one preseason game. Whatever. Anyways, um, we thank our gold members each week. So people that sign up for a gold membership, we read them out on the pod. So thank you to uh, Dave Simpson, Tony, Toby Brandenburg, uh, Tom Dickman, Adam Sutton, and Sean Michael. Uh, is that the WWF wrestler, Sean Michaels? Don't know. You never heard that. Not really in my, my. Not in your wheel, wheelhouse? Not my wheelhouse. All right. Uh, so, if you're keen to sign up, uh, the links are down below in the description. So, um, yeah, jump on board there if you're keen to show us some, some support. Um, merch as well. Uh, pretty funny story this week. Um, uh, we, we're selling T-shirts on our website, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. listener jumped on, bought one. I looked at the address and it was um, the street that my son's childcare is on. So, I delivered it personally. Um, oh. Yeah. So, unfortunately, they went home. So, I'd left it uh, on the side gate. But, uh, imagine yeah. a t-shirt and a meet and greet with your yeah. favorite podcaster. Yeah. Would have been great. For it'd AFL Fantasy nice specific. Had a, had a beer in there as well. Could have come in. It'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Just invite myself in. Got, got any food? <laughs> Open the fridge. Not even worth the 20 bucks <laughs> that look. the shirt cost you. <laughs> Ends up costing them <laughs> Oh, that would be classic. Um Another thing before we move on to the listener questions, um, each week um, we uh, we read out a podcast review from the Apple Podcast platform. They help us rise up the charts, um, get a few more listeners that way, and uh, help the uh, I guess the podcast be known to more listeners. So, um, Chirdo, one of the favourites, he was actually um, on the uh, league spotlight segment we did last year. Um, that's kind of been replaced with AFL players this year, but we might have to bring one back later on. We'll have mm-hmm. to wait and see. Um, but yeah, uh, Keeper League Pod, this is what he said. The Keeper League Pod is like the onion of fantasy football. No one eats stir fry and says, oh fuck, that onion in there was delicious. But if the onion wasn't there, they would notice something wasn't right. So finding those onion players, for example, the last six to eight on your list is the difference between winning and losing a premiership. And so all thanks to the Keeper League pod, I guess. Um, a thanks, I think. Yeah, I think that's kind. I just keep onion. thinking of Shrek whenever someone says onions. And yeah. Stuff. We've got plenty of layers. Well, Shrek is quite popular in pop culture and in meme culture as well. So, we'll take that. We can, we can be the Shrek of- uh, I really like onion in stir fry as well. Yeah, absolutely. Onion's like- Onion best. needs to go in most dishes, really. There's not really much I don't eat, to be honest. I think I like most things. But I agree with Cherto. Onion makes- yeah. makes Just gives that little- Makes, makes the world go around. Sure. I'd, love, I'd love to think <laughs> that we give depth to some people's fantasy All right. Teams. Let's actually move on to the listener questions now.
All right, I believe the stream is back up and running, Kays. Have you checked I it? I think so, yes. Yeah, cool. So it just reconnected, thankfully. Um, but yeah, anyway, if you've got any questions on the stream, um, chuck them up now and we'll try to get to them towards the end. Don't leave them too late, otherwise we'll be waiting around for you. Anyway, let's get into some questions. Kays, what is the first one? First question is from Brandon. Five seven six seven seven one five seven. We hate to get that. Thanks wrong. for being specific. Okay, oh, get to get it right. There <laughs> might be another branding. Uh, does Robbie Gray have much trade value left? Is his question. Probably not. I can just see him sitting forward now. Um, I reckon if you've got him, just take what you can get for him. If you're not in contention for a flag, if you're in contention for a flag, keep him. Um, he's going to be a very worthy um, F4, F5 if that's what you're playing him as. Um, he's probably potentially higher than that, maybe an F3. So, um, yeah, but if you've, you know, if you've got a decent forward line, he's in there. I'll definitely be uh, happy with that. But I just don't think you're going to get much for him in a trade now. What do you reckon? Well, yeah, what do you have? 61 average last year, which is about a 75, oh, 76. He's B2P. We can yeah. talk about him this year. Oh, See, I can't no. wait for the port pod. <laughs> anyway, look, the last couple of years, uh, 19, 18, he's been 81, 84, and even the year before was 81. So, he's around that mark. Look, at 32, um, he's getting to that point where you can probably, yeah, only kind of make a case for him if you are hunting a flag and need a consistent scorer. He'll bob up and kick a couple of game, and, and it could be the difference between a win and a loss in your fantasy side, but I don't think you're going to – no one's really going to hunt him anymore, I don't think. All right, let's move on. Uh, at needs a F-U-R-C, uh, who to keep out of Zach Fisher, Joe Danaher, and Callum Brown? Keep one, delist two. Uh, I will be delisting Callum Brown. Um, who else? Well, apparently Zach Fisher is burning down the house. Like he's a new man. He's fit as ever. He's massive. And that's great because all that fantasy potential he's shown means you should keep him, right? Yeah, but then do you keep Joe Danner? <laughs> that was a who joke, by the way. Podcast listeners that couldn't see my face. <laughs> it's a real coin flip toss. I think I don't. Uh, I'm resigned to the fact that Brown's not going to be as good as potentially thought he was. I think a few guys have jumped him. Fisher could be good, but there's a lot of guys who play similar roles there. But look, if Joe is fit, um, he could be anything. I'm keeping Danaher. Um, he's the only one who's shown he can actually be a fantasy scorer in the past. Mm. Plus, moving clubs, I love that shit. And um, forwards this year. And forwards too. I'm keeping down ahead of them. I just, if you can wait for the preseason game, just see if Joe's up and about. If he is, lock him in. Yeah. All right. Uh, at TTQO3, could Fritch become the Tom Lynch Adelaide for Melbourne with the recruit of Ben Brown? So I suppose playing that uh, connector role we were talking about earlier. Um. All right. So let's uh, have a look at this. So I think. I think not being a tall for- like having to play key forward roles and things like that is definitely going to help him. I'm just not sure if he's Tom Lynch level. Um, Tom Lynch is a pretty classy player. He was a first round pick, all that sort of stuff. Um, Fritch was taken year after Rookie his draft, draft or year, yeah. and yeah, um, I don't know. I think it was pick 36, but it wasn't in his actual draft year. It was taken mm-hmm. a year later or two later. So um, I think he's definitely going to improve. I just don't know if he reaches. Tom Lynch in his prime level, that's all. Mm-hmm. But I do think Fritch is probably someone who will improve with an actual key forward there, yeah. definitely. Uh, at Ninja Spoon 1, um, how does Marty Hoare ACL um, impact D's back line at 22 and depth? Well, look, Marty didn't get a game in that side last year, so I don't know if it really impacts their back line too much. The depth is an interesting one. I think there's plenty of uh, depth in that Melbourne side, which we'll explore next week in the pod. But for me, I reckon I'm uh, I'm all in on Trent Rivers' season this year. I think they're going to push him into uh, a prevalent role in that back line. Um, but look, if you look at the the Melbourne side, they've got lots of guys who can play that back pocket flank role. Um, you know, Hibbard, Salem, Rivers, Tomlinson, Harms, even if they wanted to. So I don't think um, 
I don't think anyone's going to be worried about Marty Hall not being there this year from the D's perspective. I think um, there's plenty of guys who can fill that role. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one, Case. Yeah, at Don underscore. Lash score, whatever it's called, Sam. Who gets the bump in the Giants' back line? Ash and Cumming have had a bit of hype around them, but is Jacob Ware also a chance to play early? Um, I don't really know much about Jacob Ware, to be honest. He's not really a massive fantasy scorer. He's, yeah. a, he's a general good footballer, but uh, yeah, not someone I don't think you'd be taking to the bank in terms of a fantasy perspective. I think if they're giving anyone the role um, on that half-back line, although really they've lost two because they've lost Heath Shaw and they've lost... Um, Went to car. I've got worst Zach Williams. Today, Zach Williams. Um, guy I picked, picked two in our uh, <laughs> pro pod, uh, podcasters league. Anyway, um, I think uh, Ash probably gets the role because um, I think just being the younger player, um, they want to develop him more. But I just don't think he'll be a superstar fantasy scorer straight away, although he definitely does have potential to become one. I think if coming plays, he's probably going to be the better scorer in 2021. Um, I just think Ash is going to be better long-term out of those two. Yeah, don't know about where. Sorry about that. I haven't looked into him too much. Uh, at Clado 31089 who would you rather keep as a rookie? Uh, Luke Davies-Uniac, Will Powell, or Damon Graves? Um, I know there's a lot of hype for three games, but I like Damon Graves. Um, just plays a fantasy-friendly role, and he's just shown that he can score. And it wasn't just one game. He did it for three of them. So um, LDU, I think, is very good. Um, but there's just a raft of good players, I think, ahead of him going into that midfield, whereas Greaves on the halfback line, a lot of those players are at pretty similar level right now. And so I can see him developing kind of equally with those other three, whereas I think LDU's got a bit of work to do just to get ahead of like your Andersons, your Cunningtons, um, your Trent DeMonts, all that sort of stuff. So um, LDU one is one player, though. I can definitely see by saying this, he'll come back to bite me. But also just the injury history it just doesn't fill me with heaps of confidence either. Like I don't think it would take too much for him to go down. Mm-hmm. And I think he's kind of missed a fair bit of development in that time. So, yeah, I would just go with Greg. Reeves, then I'd go LDU, then Powell. What do you think? Uh, I'd be going LDU first. I okay. think um, his back end of last year was pretty solid. Um, he's a bit more developed in terms of years on lists, etc. than the other guys. Look, Graves could be good, but like it's three games, you know, yeah. and, you know, junk games at the end of the year. Graves. Um, Graves, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm LDU. I don't, to be honest, I don't think you're going to lose if you kept either three of them. No, neither. They it's all, just really bit, depends on it what. It sucks what that you have to um, drop a couple of them, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Anyway, move on next one. Uh, at AFL Dream Teamer, what do you do with Seb Ross in a keeper league? 10 team, keep 15. Is he in the top 150 half? Let's do a case study. We play in a 12 team, keep 16. So, quite similar. We Yours probably, you've got a bit better draft pool than us. I'm dropping him this year. <laughs> dropping him back to the pool. I have a lot of young players. Um, it would mean dropping someone along the lights of Jai Caldwell or dropping someone along the lights of Dylan Stevens, um, kind of those types of players, which I don't want to do. Um, I see. With, I think with Brad Crouch coming back in, I think he's going to be just pushed further back, not in the depth chart per se, more so just in the fantasy scoring. The points to go around, I think, I just can't see it happening for him, especially with Jack Steele being so dominant and kind of playing that kind of inside role, getting all those tackle numbers and all that sort of stuff. Then Brad Crouch, who plays a pretty similar role to Ross coming in. The one thing that I'm thinking maybe Ross might see a, a new position or a role change at somewhere, but I've heard no rumors about that. That's just my brain doing things. Um, but I just really struggle to see how he fits in that midfield makeup. Um, like they'll definitely play him there, but I just don't know how well he'll score anyway. That's my thoughts. What do you think about Sebros? Uh, would you keep him or would you drop him? 
Depends on what else you got, I guess. It really depends on how else you got. Like in my side, I've got very minimal depth in my midfield, so yeah. he'd probably just have to. I'd Ooh, have to retain should, him. Should we do a trade? No, I'd just rather <laughs> pick him up in the draft in round two or three or something. Joe like Danaher that. for Seb Ross. I don't have Joe Danaher. No, damn it. But um, I've got no forwards either. I've got millions of backs. Yeah. But yeah, I, don't, I think it depends on your side. Um, look, he could he could come out and have another good year. Like I know he had a down year last year, and everyone has jumped off quicker than ever before like yourself just yeah. um, lost of faith completely after being completely in love with him. It was two years of- really two years you've kind of given him a chance to and it's just the fact that so many younger players I've got have come through it's still, I don't think he's that old but it's just more like that there's there's a lot of depth in that midfield now so as you said it's going to be hard in terms of amounts of feed so kind of depends on your side I'd I don't know. I'm a 50-50. I'll put this to you. So, what about um, if you had to pick between, this is who I'm actually picking with, Seb Ross and Peter Laddams, mm-hmm. thinking that you've got Laddams as a handcuff and as one of your only forwards, who would you keep out of those two? Handcuff makes it a bit difficult because yeah. it's hand- – but, like, I don't think anyone's going to jump at Peter Laddams that early in a draft, though. I'm just worried that the forward status might, especially if he ends up being number one I think he's a dominant ruck. forward Yeah, but player. if he ends up as a number one ruck, which knowing Lysett's injury history – not injury history, but just the way he was injured last year. Hey, these, the are the, these are the quirks of keeper legs. Yeah, it's you have to think about these sort yeah. of things, don't you? Uh, we'll move on. At Russ, 2468, I've got Hearn and Cumming battling it out for the last on-field spot in my back line. Who would you give the opportunity to first? Yeah, tough one, but I think Hearn has to get first crack thanks to the many years of great service to fantasy football. But really, how much longer is he going to be there? It might be his last year. If it's just purely who you're playing, I think you'd start with Hearn. But um, if it's a keeper decision... I think you probably might want to push toward coming because um, you probably can sneak Hearn back off a, a draft pool before. But um, I think if you're just talking about who to play over one or another, I'd, I'd be going with Hearn. Yeah, you, well, monitor coming. Like right now, if we were going on round 18 last year, you'd probably be playing coming next week, wouldn't you? Because of the way he performed. I can't actually remember what Hearn did in the last round. Yeah. But um, yeah. But he's just been so consistent and like. It's not like he's not going to be playing this year. Yeah, you know, true. Like, and he kicks out. You know, there's just there's a lot of things that are good pluses for Hearn. The kick out thing is going to be interesting this year with the extra room that they've got to actually play on from there as well. You might even see another bump on top of what we've already seen from kick out numbers. Mm. Just get on board, Jake Lloyd, this year. Anyway, uh, AJS Hawker, um, do you see Parfit with more midfield time slash greater percentage on ground um, this season and a points bump with Higgins and Smith coming in? I can't see it happening. Um, yeah, I don't think there'll be a necessarily Not a points bump, bump anyway. You know, Maybe like, time on ground. Like if I just kind of think of it where Higgins almost replaces Gary Ablett, so that's like a light for like swap, yep. you know, like so they're similar. Um, Smith comes in and kind of does eat up a role, yeah. um, you know, which is probably on a wing, which is something Parfit might be looking to play. Yeah, on. so I don't think I still think Parfit will be a good fantasy player and a good scorer, but I don't think he's going to see a bump. Yeah, I think he'll do the same as what he did last year. To be honest, yeah, I and think that's a safer assessment. Without forward status, yeah. makes it a bit trickier to think mm. about. Uh, Adam, uh, sorry, not Adam, Adam. It's just Adam Clayton. Yep. Do you keep or punt the sick dog? And if punt, where, if at all, do you redraft? Uh, they got 14 keepers in a squad of 28 for the league. Look, it, it really depends where you're at because if you're not contending, I think you just stash him and ride the year ride the year off basically and just try to develop a few players or pick up a few good ones in the draft. If you're in the hunt for a flag, then maybe boot him. Um, it depends who you're keeping over him and then what's going to be in the draft to actually replace him. I think if you do put him back in the draft, he's probably going to go before you get to him, I think. Yeah. yeah. Look, he's 26. He just turned 26 the other day. Yeah. Uh, he's gone 2018, average 95, 2019, average 83. He had a 69 last year, which is probably a you know, mid-80s. So, 
it's a bloody good player to put back in a pool. Like if you're happy to kind of semi-write this year off, you keep him. Um, that's what the way I look at it. If you think you, you're a shoo-in for the flag or you've got a really good chance, you're one of the top two teams, then it might be time to put him back considering you only keep 14. It's a fair dent. Um, if you've only got 13 when everyone else has got 14 and then, mm. yeah, I don't know because generally those first 14 are going to be pretty handy players going forward. It'd be nice to know how many um, pl- how many teams in the league as well to get a better idea of what the depth would I'd be, be like. I'd be keeping him. Yeah. I would push. He's 26. He's still going to have, you know, three or four years of really good footy from him yeah. and he plays such a fantasy-friendly role. I'm in a spot where I could go either way, but I still think I'd probably keep him just because I don't mind because I think in two years' time I'll still be competitive and three-year time as well. Mm-hmm. So, I would definitely keep him. It depends on the makeup of your team. If you've got heaps of old blokes and you're pushing really last chance for a flag, get rid of him. But if you can, you know, you're still going to be competitive in two, three years' time, definitely, I reckon you keep him, yeah. And last question for the pod, Scott Cutler can only retain one of these guys, Braden Maynard, Jordan Dawson, or Liam Duggan. Which one are you keeping? Oh, there's two of my boys here. I've got to press a button. And I get one of my boys too. Oh, yeah. Do I have to press it twice or can I just- Press it three times. Oh, no. Well, I'm going to do two for me. I'll do one for you. There we go. Yeah, the Doug rug. There we go. Your boy. Um, All right. Uh, Which one do I keep? Uh, Probably Maynard. Yep. Um, I don't trust Horse to make Dawson a good fantasy scorer. And while Duggan showed some awesome signs last year, mm-hmm. um, there's just a lot of his type in West Coast at the moment. Yep. The, uh, Hearn will retire soon. Mm-hmm. Shepard's getting on a bit. Mm-hmm. I just like Maynard. I don't know. I just love uh, him. Uh, Maynard's one of the, I think, one of the top 10 defenders in the comp. So yeah. At least do, top 20. Yeah. And like- Like guaranteed. Depends with like Quainer, Bianco coming in, how coming back. With none of those guys on the side last year, it might have boosted him a little bit. Especially with Chris got See, up but like you've got no Tom Phillips now. Does he push up onto a wing? Don't think Maynard does, but maybe someone like Bianco could. Yeah. I don't know. See, it's like, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd be keeping Maynard. Yeah, anyway. Cool. That wraps up the show for another week. So, uh, yeah, thanks for watching the stream. For I think it's out again. But <laughs> um, if you watch any bit of it, uh, thank you. Um, big shout out to Telstra for having the uh, greatest. Um, uh, and NBN Co. actually as well for having great uh, infrastructure. Thanks to Malcolm Turnbull for um, the quality internet we get in uh, this country. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, that's it. We'll uh, give us um, a follow. Thanks to Remedy. Thanks to Remedy. Delicious cola. I just feel like I'm rambling here out of anger and rage. But, uh, yeah, um, I think if you, if you want to get around us on the socials, um, keep a league pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I think we're up to around 240 followers on Instagram now, which we're at about 190 a couple weeks ago. Um, I think the big factor is as well, yes, we're plugging on here, but we're actually putting stuff on it now as well. Um, which is who would have thought you'd produce content people actually want to come look at it Um, yeah marketing 101 I think anyway um, that wraps it up so thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week have a good week guys see you later